podcast on this Monday evening. Uh, with me tonight, we have another guest. But before that, uh, my co-host, Peter Allison. Good evening, everyone. And our guest tonight, Holly Blades. Hello. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. So, Holly, who are you? What do you do? What's your thing? Why are you here? Um, I'm here because I am lucky enough to have taken over Edgelit, the uh, genre fiction festival in Derby. So I'm here to talk about that a little bit and uh, have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can guarantee the latter, definitely. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's been three years since the last Edgelit and a lot has happened. Yeah. A lot. I mean, some things I've I've heard. <laughs> you know, minor understatement. So, so for, for all how... of us who don't know what's happened, what 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 happened? Because obviously, Edgelit was run by name completely escapes me. Alex Davis. Yeah, Alex, Alex Davis. Yeah, and then it wasn't. So what happened there, and what made you sort of kind of take it over? Well, like like everything, basically, it stopped because of COVID, and then during. Uh, that period Alex who was working for Quad left Quad which is the venue the festival's held at and so it just kind of ended I think there was a lot of um, upset on online and uh, it was such a shame I mean nobody really wanted to see it go and it just went because it wasn't really a full-time job for anyone and they weren't gonna they didn't want to hire somebody just to do it because it wasn't viable uh, and then so it yeah wasn't. it was it was cancelled and resigned to the history books now as i understand it like uh, alex was like literature officer at quad so essentially that role hasn't been replaced it's just gone completely i believe so i mean that's that's a question for alex but um yeah. i just know that it was after he moved on um he didn't take edgelet with him and it couldn't stay at quad as as it was yeah so um unfortunately they made the decision to cancel it but uh not anymore <laughs> yeah so how did you get involved and i mean what did quad did quad reach out to you or did you reach out to quad or was it something else it's i mean if i'm going to be completely honest i read the, the notification that edgelet was cancelled um for the foreseeable uh whilst i was in the pub and I was I was a few beers in, so I emailed Quad and was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and then genuinely, about eight months later, Adam from Quad got back to me and was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot to reply to this. Yes, please. <laughs> so, okay. And it was um, it was really good timing because I'd just been made unemployed. So I had a little bit more time to go in and like chat to Alex and Adam and stuff. Um, and. Yeah, it's, it's it was always my favourite festival. I always used to. I, I lived in Derby for 10 years. And then when I moved away, I um, it's probably a very convoluted story. I got to know a lot of the authors who would take part at Edgelit um, while I was living in Bath. And then I moved to London. And then when I moved back to Derby was when they cancelled Edgelit. And I said, well, I'm here now. <laughs> So that was, um, that was, it was alcohol fueled, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> that sounds almost 
an element of synchronicity there because as I recall, I mean, before Edged It, there was alt fiction. Mm. And that was they came up with the idea in a pub. Let's do a writers' yeah. festival in the East Midlands. I think I think a lot of a lot of genre writers spend a lot of time in pubs. So I think <laughs> don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> do you do you write yourself? I do a little bit. Yeah, I'm. Um, I've just been to Capital Crime Festival in London, and they had a section there called Pitch to an Agent, and I thought, oh, I'll go on then. Why not? And that went really, um, really successful. So it's kind of inspired me a little bit to finally sit down and finish that novel that's been floating around for a bit. What's the novel about, if you don't mind us asking? It's a time travel murder mystery. Oh, interesting. I said that to um, Alexandra Benedict once and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, my first book was a time travel murder mystery. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> There's no no novel ideas anymore, is there? <laughs> Well, there is that that um, saying that you know, there's only ever seven stories or something like that. Isn't yeah, there? yeah. I've I've got the book somewhere, the uh, the seven plots book. So. That's it. Yes. Yeah, maybe maybe it's uh, and also you know they get they they come in trends, don't they? Like the girl on the train yeah. and Gone Girl and stuff. We'll probably just have a time travel murder mystery thing yeah. going on. And, yeah, and but but also it's like we all have our own interpretation. And our kind of texture to the writing. I mean, no, no book is ever the same. Mm. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, this one is in, in, the one in my head is kind of it's very magical realism. There's very little science, you know. Time, it's just kind of taken as read. It's a su- suspension of disbelief, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they will yeah, I mean, see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some writers that really kind of delve deep into science. I mean, Peter of Hamilton, you read one of his books, and by the end of it, you know how to build a spaceship. Yeah, basically. It's a fantastic book, but like, I lent it to a friend at work, and he just got, he came out with this massively boggled eye going, okay, I now know quantum engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always, I always think it's a good sign if you have to learn quantum engineering to understand a book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that should be like, no, you have to serve a certain PhD just to get, be able to understand the, the introduction. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's none of that with me. It's it's no. all very, very accidental, quite um, stately home murder mystery kind of thing, but just with a modern protagonist. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like a, a cosy mystery, like you know, a, a murder in a, um, in a country house, but with time travel. Yeah, basically. So you can have the kind of the protagonists can use modern science but like my favorite thing i always used to love those episodes of csi where they get stuck somewhere without their kit bags and have to use like sellotape and talcum powder and stuff <laughs> oh, so okay. i wanted to do i wanted to do something like that where she can she has the knowledge but she doesn't have the equipment and that kind of thing it's so like, it's like in the a team the a team always got yeah. stranded somewhere and it was always in like a shed where there was a welding torch uh and so happens st- to be know, a welding oh torch my god there. there's an there's an abandoned apc here and we can weld stuff to it and make it into something and i sort of that this wow I mean, that's so lucky you find yourself googling you know can you make luminol out of household equipment <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, uh, gcsq Take, take a lot of interest in that the what sorry gc hitchq take a lot of interest in that yes yeah <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh at least it's luminol and not like 
explosive devices or oh, something. I know GCHQ will determine me. I know that. I've written about them in the past. There's Computer Weekly and the BBC. Yeah, they know where I live. They've got you, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Pretty- I, I, I asked for one a few years ago. I was asking for. Um, I contacted them asking for an interview, like in regards to an article, just for comment. And said, "Okay, yeah." And said, "Don't worry, Mr. Olson, we'll get in touch with you." And I, I didn't tell you my name or any <laughs> my contact details. Yeah, they know how to find you. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I have, I have to say, you know, as much as there's a lot of this sort of. Um, you know, they are watching sort of thing. Um, I don't think the government is as smart as <laughs> sort of people make them out to be sometimes. Some of these sort of really crazy, um, the, the sort of crazy um, conspiracy theories that, you know, they're putting stuff in the water and they're they're chipping things and they're doing all this other stuff. And I was like, I can't even get a budget right. How are they supposed to get, you know, <laughs> how are they supposed to be doing, you know, crazy, mad, complicated stuff like tracking every single person because he wrote something silly on Facebook? And yeah, it's just like, like yeah. Well, tips in vaccines and stuff. Yes. Oh, <laughs> no. I did an article about vaccines for the BBC in, in late 20, 2020, looking at the, like, vaccine research and manufacture. And the emails I got, some really great... I mean, I found out that um, a person nearby believed in the chips in vaccines. And I said, listen, if the government wanted to track you... They would use this. Yeah, I mean, you literally got a tracking device yeah. in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> I said that there was one of my mates. I can't remember what it was about. He like he wouldn't. Um, what was it? It was about getting vaccinated, and I think it was like he he wouldn't he wouldn't download the NHS app, and I was just like, why? Because they'll track us. They'll track us through the app, and I was like, mate. You've got a tracking system right here. You've got a phone. If they want to know where you are, they already do because you've got a phone. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And anyway, I think we're slightly off topic here. Yeah. As yeah. we all want to do, to be fair. Yeah. Right. So you came in. Yes. Uh, to Edgelit. Now, is this going to be like a fresh start for Edgelit? Completely refresh? Re- uh, it's, gonna... No, we're, we're kind of sticking with the true and tested formula for next year purely because um after being unemployed i then got two jobs and so uh so everything's a little bit hectic at the moment and as much as i kind of want to inject a bit more of myself into it i want to get it over the finish line first so i think next year we're just going to stick to what we're good at and then um 2024 all goes well it will be the 10th anniversary so there was talk of maybe doing a two-day festival and kind of expanding it a little bit more i'd like to get some um more crime involved i think i'd like to um kind of expand from horror because it's it's bleeding over into kind of thriller territory now isn't it with like cat ward and sarah pimber and stuff it's um there's a lot of horror crime crossover so it'd be really nice to kind of expand on that i think one thing i have done for next year is um bring a bit more art into it so i've got a few fantasy artists Ooh. and um all being well fingers crossed yeah so <laughs> can you announce any guests so far that you have got planned for edgelet yeah i mean we've got the usual suspects we've got stephen volk um 
Alexandra Benedict, Kat Ward, um, Rob Shearman, Tim Leban, uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky. Oh, excellent. Good old Adrian, been on the podcast a few um, times. Yeah. My, I think my, my, the one I'm most excited about, I mean, don't tell the others, is um, that Christopher Priest is launching his Ooh. new book. So he's he's quite a, I mean, he's just such a legend that um, I'm very excited about that. And he actually requested to come. So that was terrifying. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll be launching his his new book there. And then we've got a few other people waiting for confirmation. But I think we should have some great panels. Excellent. Yeah, because I mean, I, uh, I've always enjoyed going to Edge Lift. I mean, like I said, it's literally down the road for me. So it'd be yeah. rude not to go and it's more i find it's more just kind of less of a work event in the center of more just kind of a chance to meet other writers in the field and talk shop and relax and in have the a bar pint and have yeah. a pint <laughs> it's that thing about being in the bar again yeah yeah and yeah it, it, it always come, i always come back from it being really inspired and really kind of right i'm gonna finish that book i'm gonna get it out door I think that's always that's always been the reason I've gone. I don't I really only read kind of, I read horror and obviously I read Stephen King and stuff but I there's just so much everybody there has so much output and so much stuff to read that I just kind of come away from it thinking right I'm going to read that and this is all these people are all amazing and they all like it inspires me as a writer you know they all make they're living doing what they love and they're all so nice and yeah. it's just like I just want to be like them so, <laughs> I guess that's how I got into it in the first place <laughs> yeah I mean and it, you have so many like fantastic memories I mean I remember one time um having a beer with uh Charlie Stross mm. and basically ended up on a, a pub quiz team with him and oh, just that's like amazing that would never happen at any other event. I mean, I could not imagine that happening at FantasyCon. No, it's it's very. I think it's because it's just it's so small and yeah. um, there's no you know there's no green room. There's no hotel. It's not in a hotel, so people aren't disappearing to their rooms. It's literally just everybody is in one space at one time and drinking and buying raffle tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of raffle tickets, is because Sarah Primber's legendary raffles there. Is she still the um, what was it? The patron. Patron, thank you. Yes, she is. She is still a patron. We are. I'm trying to get her. She's um, proving. I think she's writing, and she tends to kind of disappear off of socials yeah. while she's writing and stuff. So, um, hopefully, Alex will be able to get hold of her and. Um, we can have another legendary raffle. So is Alex <laughs> still a part of it? Is he still helping out? Or? He's been, he's kind of mentoring me. He's being really, okay. really, really great, really helpful. Just kind of letting me know the kind of things that I should have done by a certain point and just keeping me on track. He obviously um, introduced me to all of his publishing contacts and stuff when he, when he left, did like a little intro. So I'd know who to approach and that. So he's been great. Excellent. So it's, it's almost like, it's like a transfer of, power so to speak like the, the kingdom what? is mine <laughs> <laughs> i sit on the throne now i will the dark saber thank you <laughs> but I, I guess it's like taking over any job isn't it you know he's he's basically training the newbie so but he's yeah he's super useful he's always at the end of an email oh excellent oh yeah i'm really looking forward to it and like um, and so you're gonna have like fancy artists as well possibly 
Yeah, a, a good friend of mine is a um, cover illustrator, and so he's he was on um, Landscape Artist of the Year as well. So he's going to come and do a panel, um, do a workshop as well. Oh, wow. And we're hoping. Um, don't know if you know the Derby artist Karl Kapinski. He's illustrated Magic the Gathering and oh, uh, does no. a lot of tabletop board games and stuff. Oh, um, he's, what's, his name? Uh, what's his name? I'm going to have to Google him now. Because I've probably Karl seen Kapinski, his... two Ks, K-A-R-L-K-O-P-I-N-S-K-I. Um, but he's uh, he has cancer at the moment, so it depends oh. on how his treatment goes. Oh, but shit. He's, yeah. he's, he's done... desperate to come. Oh, my God, he's okay. done Warhammer stuff as well. Yeah. Oh my he's god! He's brilliant. All right, yeah. If you follow him on Instagram, he's ambidextrous and he films himself like drawing with two hands, like a mirror oh, wow. image. Of, it's it's oh, astounding. Because no I know some of these pieces. I know some of these art yeah. pieces and stuff. That's insane. So All right, wow. he's he's desperate to be there. So it just depends, like if his if he's in a gap in treatment, he'll he'll be there basically. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it'd be great to see some of his artwork. Yeah, and, and, and um, I can't. My uh, my friend Jen, who actually works for Quad, is um, helping to illustrate the brochure. You know the program that oh, the, nice. the guests will get. So she does the kind of Sailor Jerry's kind of, but lots of tentacles and decapitations and that kind of thing. <laughs> Always better with tentacles and decapitation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, everything's better with a little bit of decapitation. Uh. <laughs> I'm just, so, I mean, I'm just looking at some of his stuff. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's like, yeah, sorry, yeah. No, he's, he's fantastic, and he's yeah. such a nice guy. And yeah. like I say, he he said that he really, really, really wants to be there. And obviously, cool. he lives he lives just outside Derby as well. So, oh, nice. He's really getting on the podcast sometime. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how much of edge? How much of your time has been, has been taken up with prepping for edge? I mean. I've spoken to Alex before, and as I understand it, when he finishes, you know, one edge slit, he then starts prepping the next, um, the next year, the very next day. Wow. Um, well, as I say, <laughs> my day job has been insanity um, over the past few weeks. Uh, I think, and I, I travel a lot for work, and I travel a lot because. <laughs> because when I got made unemployed, I thought, oh, I've got loads of time. I'm going to buy tickets to that and that and that. And then obviously got a job like five days later. And I'm now yeah. just so I'm I think I worked it out that the last week of November is the first week that I have at home for more than two days. You know, that kind of thing. So, so it's, it's all done on trains and yeah. in hotel rooms. And um, but we're getting there. I mean, we're we're on timings wise we're on track and i think it's just going to really ramp up in the new year when we get down to the kind of logistics of it and stuff so at the moment it's the fun stuff like the choosing the guests and approaching them and um got a meeting with waterstones this week to talk about the point of sale and stuff so it's the it's the easy fun stuff at the moment and I've, then it's going to go crazy <laughs> yeah it's the networking and scheduling now then you because I remember a few times uh, when Alex was prepping for an it, I'd get a call from him going, do you still have a car, Pete? Go, yeah. Said, Could you give me a lift? Yeah, sure. And six crates of books. Yeah. <laughs> My wife doesn't want them in the house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so I mean, what do you do for a living anyway? I'm, I do um, copy and editorial and stuff for a few 
cycling based companies because my background is I was a cycling journalist for a long time so um, I kind of moved out of print media and into social media for a few companies so yeah mainly copywriting um, blog posts editorial stuff but um, lots of it (laughs) and two on the go at the same time Yes, yes, two two part time jobs on the go at the same time, which means I'm working like sixty hour weeks. And- God, <laughs> that's only, that's hardcore. That is absolute hardcore. But at least I have edge for the fun side of things. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, at what stage do you think it's going to start ramping up for you, like on a commitment level? Um, I think, well, both of my full time, both my jobs are contracted till January 1st so that is when I know that's kind of a point in my mind where I'm like well I can concentrate on Edgelit from January 1st which will um, time perfectly because obviously then there's six months and it's just a nice little round number to just start really firing up and um getting all the little minor details done i'm quite a planner anyway i like i like planning things so it will hopefully be quite fun as well as quite hard work (laughs) have you got a list made out yet of things you need to do i've got the list that alex gave me the first (laughs) meeting we had which is like so in, in this month you need to kind of be looking at this and at this month you need to be looking at this these are the things that are going to cost the most money so you know price those up first and so I have I have something like that, but genuinely at the moment it's all quite nebulous and um Oh look at that just... word. Nebulous. Awesome. <laughs> you can tell you're a writer. There you go. <laughs> it's like Pete. It's like Pete he comes flying off with all these really like big words and I'm like, Why God? <laughs> you can tell he's a journalist. I cannot help being verbose and eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a thesaurus. Um, <laughs> thought I was quite I thought I was quite uh uh verbally uh What's the word? Um, yeah, there you go. I can't even. I can't even do English <laughs> now. Wordy. I can't even do words. I you can't can do big words. I can't do big words anymore. <laughs> yeah, and then Pete came along and he's throwing out these massive long words in, in proper sentences, and I'm just like, "What? <laughs> What's going on?" Just giggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why Curly tells me off for that? Like, don't be. Just say yes. Yes is suffice. You do. You don't see any more than yes. <laughs> most definitely <laughs> indubitably indubitably um, has covid had any impact on your on the edge lift going forward and um, i tell you what it has done it has made a lot more people up for going i was talking mm-hmm. to um a guy called adam simcox who's a author great he's going to be one of the guests next oh, nice. year and I was just chatting to him at Capital Crime and he was just saying he just can't wait. He just wants to go to every event ever because he just misses people and he misses literature events and stuff. So I think it is helping in that respect that, you know, people haven't done conventions or festivals or anything for three years, two years, three years. So yeah, going on for three years, isn't it? I think it's kind of opened people up to being like, yeah, all right. Yes, please. So, I mean, that's a positive, that's a positive side effect. But um, I, as I only really took over the role um, 
about April time. So it's not really, I've not seen any of the um, fallout of COVID other than obviously the fact that the festival didn't happen for yeah. three years. So I think 20, 2019 was the last last one. That's right. Yeah, there was one in the Sledge Dip, the Christmas. Yeah, month. yeah, of course. Yeah. And end of November 2019. But that was a very muted, that was a very much a small scale version of Edge Lit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, we we'll look forward to next year's Edge Lit. Yeah. No. Um. No, but yeah, it's, I mean, like, has the, like, the AIDS, I mean, obviously, the quad would have got hammered by mm. COVID in terms of, like, because it had to close and uh, all that. But has the quad had to change at all because of COVID and of, of what, more accurately post COVID? Well, Again, as as I say, I kind of I only moved back to Derby in December, so right. oh, wow. all of my all of my lockdown was spent in um, East Molesey near um, Hampton Court Palace. So I spent lockdown there because yeah. my husband was working in London. Um, so I don't really know how Quad was affected, but it was so so good to get back to Derby and to go to Quad and just see it like flourishing. It's it's just um, it's not a miracle that it survived COVID, but it's just fantastic Lucky. that it yeah, did. It's, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of places that have closed down mm. or like be either during or shortly after because they just couldn't. Yeah, carry I mean, on. and it's such a big building. And, you know, the I, I don't know. I know it's a charity, so I don't know whether that affects it in any way. Yeah. But it's just. Um, it's such an iconic building now in the centre of Derby that if it if it wasn't quad, it's almost like you hate to think what it would be. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, I mean, there's nothing else like it really in the area, to be fair. No, I mean, there's I suppose there's like Broadway in Nottingham the, as far as a lovely independent cinema goes. But yeah. that's been there for decades. So yeah. it's, it's so well established. Yeah, but but it's only that's only just it does independent cinema. I mean, like something like quad where it does everything. Mm. Like, well, like, it has like a, you know a literature events. It has like a Doctor Who event. It has like a, a Tomb Raider event. Yeah, yeah. I was I was hoping to go to the Tomb Raider event and try and pinch some of the guests because <laughs> I really wanted to do a um a computer I, games panel. Actually, um, I know one of the PR people Ooh. from Tomb Raider. Ooh. Turns out, my kids went to the same school as their kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's like, as I saw their name on the like, Tomb Raider panellists and going, I didn't know you worked on Tomb Raider. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't tell me this for 10 years. That's amazing. You never thought to tell me this after knowing me for 10 years. I'm a gaming nerd. That Oh, by the way, I worked on Tomb Raider. I'm like, yes. <laughs> my my ex-boyfriend in my... um late teens early 20s worked at IDOS and that was the first thing he told people so you know, she must have she must have other things going on in her life if that's like that low down in the in Livingston sorry in Livingston had something to do with Tim Reader didn't he yeah oh yeah he he he, yeah, he, he owned IDOS yeah, yeah he was behind IDOS yes that's it yeah I mean I was I was at this many many years ago I was at this uh, uh, talk by Sir Ian now now Sir Ian um I love the fact he's, just, he's literally knighted now. So, yeah, um, but let's talk about his like life and career uh, in Sheffield at the Showcase Cinema. Mm. 
and it's talking about it, like you know how like you know, gaming it became important to and how like you know how he created Lara Croft, and just at, at the end where there was this uh, like a Q and A session, this man uh, stood up and started having a go at, at Sir Ian, because how games were like the you know, you know, violent and how they were dehumanizing people and how they're glorifying sex and violence and turns out the guy was a quaker okay. okay and it was literally the weirdest thing i've ever seen i'm like has he ever played animal crossing <laughs> it was like, thinking of sex and violence in all games i know and that's the thing and they go and things like, i think saying was quite, quite taken back by that well just let me explain and let me answer but the guy just get ranting and raving in the end he had to be escorted out and but and then i then actually recorded the entire conversation as the good journalist that i am and and then i included it all transcripted in a essay i wrote about um the satanic panic and the the and how how games have now become a uh like a positive and therapeutic um hobby yeah, and it's like right, okay, yeah, it's still there. Like exhibit A, that, and it's like credit where credit is due. Sheffield Quakers, they won't like me, but hey ho, I don't like that. <laughs> but yeah, he, he really is an absolutely fantastic guy. If you ever get a chance to see him speak or give a talk, he, I brilliant. met him very briefly through Martin because um, he went way back with him, but um, never, obviously, never would love to go and see him talk. Yeah. Invite him to Edgelit. I was actually thinking that. I was I was tempted. Well, you've got to think, I, he, he created the fighting fantasy. I know, I know. It's, yeah, and like, or um, Steve Jackson, but they'd both yeah. be, they'd both be grand. Yeah. He's a lovely, um, he's a lovely guy. We met him at uh, uh, um, UK, Games Expo. UK Games Expo and stuff. Really nice, you know. Yeah, and like, he's always, always happy to chat, to speak to fans and like, to be interviewed by random people coming up to get video cameras and uh, yeah. lighting equipment and go, hi, can we have any days? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think I've got a chat with Alex coming up, so I'll just say, how many guests of honour is too many guests of honour? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, if you can get Sir Ian, I would be way up for... I mean, the guy is... He, like, he's, he's often said he's the grandfather of gaming in the UK because it wasn't him because there'd be no Games Workshop that yeah. Games Workshop, there wouldn't be D and D in the UK because Games Workshop on the license distributed in the UK. Mm. Tomb Raider, IDOS, Fighting Fantasy is listed as an accolade of achievements. Yeah, uh, he yeah he's fab and he's he does seem a really nice guy. Um, I'd like as I say, I did think about inviting him. I think when I was thinking about a computer games panel, um, that was he was like in my brain for it. But I, I didn't do it for some reason. So I'll, I'll I might chase it up now. I might um. What's your uh, what's your obviously if you're you're into your your gaming and stuff. What's your um what's your console of choice or are you PC master race? No, I I I have a gaming laptop. I have a PC laptop that I uh, only use for gaming because it's huge. So I'm not going to carry it around with me for work. Um, I don't know. Maybe just like PS. PS4 probably. PS3 is the one that still gets played the most because it's got my Skyrim save files on it. Oh, okay. 
I've just introduced um, Skyrim to to my eldest two kiddies, and bless them, my my, uh, my eldest son who is eleven. So we keep him away from the really scary stuff, obviously, like and the bit stuff. But he said, "Yeah, I played Skyrim." I'm really far into it. Going, no, you're not. You played it for an hour. Trust me, you're yeah, not really yeah. far into it. When you, when you played it for 300 hours, then I might think... I was going to say, come come back when you've got over 200 hours on it. <laughs> then you're far into it. Yeah, I, I need to stay away from games like that and stuff. Like, I had a massive World of Warcraft addiction when it, you know, not when it first came out, but pretty, pretty close on. And I was on that for way too long. And I uh, got to a point where I had to physically stop myself from playing it. So I have this thing about games that like MMOs or games that have, you know, will take too much of your life away from you because I felt like I've been there. I can't go back anymore. <laughs> so I can't do it. I played Skyrim, but like as soon as I started getting too sucked into it, I was like, I need to stop this now. I need to stop now. So I, uh, I did. I stopped. <laughs> It's one of those things that I, I don't pick it up for months and then I pick it up and I've lost six hours. You know? yeah. I, I pick it up and then go, what was I doing? Where am I going? Yeah, genuinely like, oh, I'm doing this quest. Where? What? Where is it? And like parts of it that I've just given up on, you know, I, I'm never going to find all of those stones and I'm never going to find all the red nern root. You know, I've given up on that. <laughs> I accept it. I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> So was that the game? You, what is that your go-to game, or what do you play right most regularly? Um, I play the Switch quite a lot, just because I play it in bed sometimes. If like if my husband's asleep, so I can't, I don't have the light on reading. I'll be on the Switch with the lights off. Um, so I play Animal Crossing a lot. Um, Pokemon. Sadly, like really nerdy stuff like Picross, you know the way like the image puzzle logic puzzle obsessed with those um what have i what have i been playing recently oh um star wars uh jedi fallen order that was the oh, that was the last game i actually sat and completed so I, what did you think of that one i i really liked it i i know it, it got it got kind of got mixed reviews didn't it and i i genuinely squealed when bd1 turned up in um book of boba fett <laughs> yeah i i got I, like the i got the lego bd1 oh, my, um, right, okay. oh nice <laughs> I I um I had sort of mixed feelings about it. It's like I I just don't know. I didn't get I I played it, but I just couldn't get into it for some reason. It wasn't really anything that sort of kind of gripped me. Um, and I I, I sort of I just got bored of it quite easily and stuff. I don't know what it was. A lot of I people think... are saying it's amazing, and I was just like I just I couldn't get into it. And I love my Star Wars. So I just couldn't get into it. I think the plot's great, but I think it's the gameplay of it is quite light. There's not, you don't get kind of drawn into it. There's no, it almost felt like there was no peril. Yeah. In it. it was quite easy, I thought. Yeah, it, was, but, it had sort of kind of, in my mind, it was going to be kind of like, I, I was kind of hoping it would be like The Force Unleashed, you know, mm. those games and stuff where, you know, you can literally, you can do a lot more with your Force powers and stuff like that. But it seemed more of a a, a puzzler, sort of a la, a la like um, Tomb, Raider. Tomb Raider and mm. stuff like that, which is That's fine. That's probably why I loved it. I'm not a massive <laughs> fan of uh, puzzle games and stuff, to be fair. Um so when I got it and I was like, wait, so I want to grab loads of sort of stormtroopers and throw them against the wall and sort of kind of do all this stuff. I know you can kind of do some of that stuff. But... You, can, you can throw them off the ledges. That's yeah, always fun. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, it just didn't really, 
it was a good looking game and uh, I've seen some of the YouTube videos on the story and the story obviously seemed quite good but it didn't grip me enough to sort of carry on playing it yeah. and stuff so I think they absolutely nailed the lightsaber combat I mean this is the mm. first game a Star Wars game I played where I feel like you know it's in a real lightsaber duel but I think the force powers were kind of diminished somewhat so you have to focus on using the lightsaber yeah I did like uh, chucking it at people. That's that's my best bit. Just chuck a <laughs> lightsaber at someone. Have it. <laughs> sure. Have it. No, I like to like, push them off cliffs. Like push someone back and go. Right, you can go off that cliff. You can go off that cliff, and that fight was easy. I just um, replayed Knights of the Old Republic as well, and oh, wow. yeah. they're just they are so good. They're, they're redoing. Incredible. I think they're re. Um remastering them i think at the minute i did hear tell i i I heard tell that they were doing that and then it kind of went quiet so i was i just replayed them yeah 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 yeah, the story is just fantastic i quite liked like as much as i sort of kind of try to stay away from mmorpgs i played the um old republic um star wars game and i was actually able to play it get through the whole story because it had a fixed storyline and so I felt like, because it was Bioware, it had that sort of kind of storyline, and I was able to stop after the, my part of the story finished. Now, I think I got to level 50. The story, my story finished. There was no expansions at the time. And I was like, okay, I can go now. But I quite enjoyed that because it had, it because you had companions and things like that, and there was your interaction mm. with them. It sort of kind of ingratiated you into it, and I quite liked that. And so I've always quite liked like the Dragon Age games and stuff like that, where there's those interaction with the characters and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, it was the, one of the last MMOs I think I played. Last one you allowed yourself to yeah, delve I into. Like, I can't go near this stuff. I'm, I'm just too, no, I think it's partially because I, you know, I've got to way too many hobbies and so it's just too hard for me to sort of not get distracted by something. Um, but yeah, partially it is this sort of kind of back end sort of thing in my brain going, don't do it don't do it <laughs> you'll get sucked in i was like all right you've got a little devil and an angel yeah one's, one's just yeah. saying play it play no. it play it you know you love it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah part of me like i miss like i like i generally play like me and my brother play age of empires 4 a lot and stuff like that and he beats me quite regularly but um you know i we play strategy games and things a lot um but I do, I do kind of miss the days where you get to sit down and play an MMO and stuff and sort of, you know, do that sort of thing. But I just can't seem to get myself into a place to do that. And I then mean, modern life came along with its jobs. Yeah, jobs and... And, and day lives and families yeah. and wives, husbands and children. Yeah. And suddenly the, the kids have now played games more than I do, which I feel is distinctly unfair. <laughs> I am... Um... I collect old consoles, so oh, I do wow. like to just sometimes sit down and play something old because you can just dip in and out of them and stuff. You, have you ever been? Have you been to? Um, have you ever been to arcade club in Bury or uh, there's one in Blackpool now? I think. Have you ever been to those? No. Right. So basically, you got this place, and it's it's. It's there's they've just opened one in, in Blackpool. Uh, there's one in Barry. There's actually one called N64 in Centre of Manchester too. You know, which is but it's it it's expensive. It's got old school games, but it's expensive. <laughs> but the one in Barry, you pay a tenner, you get three floors of 
gaming from new to like super old school old and there's three floors of them all the arcades that you would have grown up on are in there all the old school consoles all the old school games and stuff like that they're all in there and you play all these sort of kind of games and you're just like this is this like pure nostalgia like some of those games which you thought were amazing when you were a kid are garbage oh, yeah. absolute oh, garbage yeah. you're just like <laughs> there's no skill involved in this whatsoever i could literally just sit here and press this button and it would just be the amount of lives that i can get it's because they were obviously designed to make you spend your money and stuff like i was mm. playing the turtles game and i was sitting there kind of going there's no skill involved in this game whatsoever it's literally just me button bashing and doing that but some of them you know still have their charm some of them are literally just they are they are dog shit and stuff they're just not as good as you remember them when you were a kid but you know there's some of them do do you have that edge and even just being in that place where you literally have three floors of all these old school games literally from early 80s all the way up to sort of kind of your modern arcade machines and stuff it's just you know it's a really good experience and it's only a tenner and you get to play every game for free and there's hundreds of them it's love it's an amazing cool it really is and they do food and stuff like that and it's just it's really good what consoles do you have by the way holly oh um i've got um so i've got an atari 2600 oh wow i've got mega drive master system game gear got two game boys sega yes (laughs) i've got i've got the pokemon the pikachu limited edition m64 which is lovely um gamecube um, NES, and then probably well PlayStation Two onwards. Uh, I think that's it. The, I think the only thing I don't have is is a Spectrum or an Xbox. Oh. So they're next on my list. Yeah, I, I had an old school Spectrum when I, when I was a kid, and I sunk way too many hours into it. Yeah, we had. But, like, I, did learn, I, did, but I did learn to code, which yeah, is cool. We had. Um... Like we were, we were seg- when when the Sega Nintendo Wars were going on in the sort of kind of like early nineties and stuff. Like my family, it was Sega, so we oh we, we were Sega, yeah. yeah, it was all about Sega and stuff. So we had like the Mega Drive, uh, the Master System Mega Drive, Mega CD, thirty two X. When they sort of those oh yeah, things. I've, got, I've got the Mega CD as well. Yeah, well. Mega CD, thirty eight, thirty two X and stuff. Like it was all about the Sega and stuff. It was very bitter. So we didn't get that. We didn't go as far to Sega Saturn because um, I can't remember what happened. I think we sort of. I can't remember. Oh, that's right. My dad got a PC at that time and stuff. So he kind of, you know, PC was the new thing that we sort of kind of did. But um, yeah, we had uh, we had the Mega Drive and stuff. And I don't have any of the old ones. So I went back and I've got like an old school, um, an old school, um, like retro pie in the shape of a Mega Drive. I've also oh, got wow. one of the, a, 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 a retro pie in the shape of a, a, a SNES as well and stuff. And it's got all the old school games and stuff on it. Again, some of them are pants, but it's just cool. I've got that little Mega Drive looking thing with all the old school Mega Drive games on it. And then I've got one for all the Nintendo stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's loads of fun. Really good. But you, I mean, you miss that thing of like get, having to blow in your cartridge. Yeah, that's, you do. that's the thing you miss. <laughs> how do you fix it you just blow in it that's it i still do it like today my computer this like i've got this really expensive computer i've had for like four years now and it's starting to sort of kind of go oh i might not work as well anymore so i just what did i do 
blow, blow switch it on, on it. switch it back on again uh, and blow yeah, on it. Yeah, exactly. Turn it off and on again, and I blew on it, and I, it, it turned on. So you go. The blowing. Say, and then you'd, you'd reach the end of your uh, IT knowledge. Yeah, that's it. Did you blow? It's like if you did support for these sort of things. Yeah. So have you turned it on and off again? Yes. Okay. Did you blow in the cartridge? Oh no! There you go. That's what it is. That was it. You're gonna blow in the cartridge. Yeah. Are these are your consoles of recent acquisitions, or something you've kept from when you were uh, first got them? Um, a few of them. uh, The Game Gear is from when I first had it. Oh wow! Um, I think everything else has been recent. Well, ten, ten, fifteen years ago, recent acquisitions. But I um, I had most of them. I had a my dad took me to get a um, Mega Drive when I was on my 10th birthday, I think, or oh. something like that. Oh, wow. So um, I did have a few of them growing up. But we again, we were a Sega family. So it was nice to finally get like my own N64 and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> GoldenEye and Mario Kart. I sucked at GoldenEye. I sucked at GoldenEye. Um, I think everybody did. Did you have the, like, because I had a Game Gear, um, and uh, did you have the TV tuner you could get for it and stuff? You could stick a TV tuner in it? I didn't have the TV tuner. I had I had the um, magnifying screen because oh, yeah. the screen was so yeah. small. I remember, like, I I remember like back in the day having the Game Gear and like me and my friend uh, Russell. There used to be like shops that you could go and you could rent games and stuff. Like you don't you don't do this anymore. But like, you used to have these shops you could go and rent games. So we'd go to his house and then we'd go to this shop and we'd rent games for our Game Gears and stuff. You know, and, like just like playing Predator two and 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 sort of like afterburner and, and and things like that on it and sonic and shit and we're just like oh yeah this is great and just sit there in our game gears playing away and stuff you know i was just such a nerd that the only game i really remember playing on the game gear is um the Lillehammer Olympic winter olympics yes! from like yeah. 1994 yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with the ski jump yeah i remember that game yeah i just like i, I sonic was a bastard thing like we used to play sonic all the time but uh there was what was the other one we used to play Quite regularly, um, I've got it in my head, and I can't sort of think of the uh, the name of it. Oh, it's got to go. I'll find out at some point in time. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to Barry, I'm like, you know, it's probably. Oh, fair- I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking of like places like Barcade in the states. There's there's a couple of bars in New York called Barcade. There's one in LA, oh, yeah. and it's just such a good idea. Like, get people drunk and let them play there's all games. There's also the National Video Game uh, Museum in Sheffield. Yeah. Oh, there's also- yes, there used there used to be something like that in Nottingham, didn't yeah, there? Yeah, it moved from Nottingham to Sheffield. Right, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, they also. Um, Sorry, Pete, carry on. And yeah, it's just like basically a collection of games from like '80s all the way through to now, and it shows like the evolution of graphics, playability, and also like interaction, like how you interact with the games from the different consoles and joysticks, and to full motion control with like you know, the Kinect. Mm. And you begin there, you pay it. Ten pounds, and you get three hours to play on as many games as you want for free. Yeah, it's like Play Expo because there was a thing we used, we used to do quite regularly. Think of Play Expo now. It's not been in Manchester since um, since basically COVID and stuff. But we used to go and exhibit there for Geek Pride quite regularly and stuff, and it was amazing because it was like again an entire convention dedicated to every sort of gaming system from old school to sort of kind of homemade to sort of um, newer stuff. And such a good convention, like one of my favourites and stuff. Uh, they've moved it to Blackpool. I think it's in Blackpool this weekend, actually, possibly. Um, but um, yeah, 
really good uh, convention, old school games as well. Loads of loads of pinball and stuff too, which is great. I just I I think my aim in my like bucket list is to have my own pinball machine. I think. Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I would. I'd love to have like like an old school arcade sort of thing, and yeah, mm. a pinball machine. There's something about it. It's weird. It's like it's very analog. It's analog, but it's just sort of you know it is, it, it is analog, but uh, you know it's just there's something about it that's you know you can see it's very like, tactile. Yeah. It's very tactile. Yeah, yeah. I so, think that's one of the things, isn't it? It's like you there's almost a method to it. It's it's um that, be, that feel. Yeah, it can be very frustrating. It'd be very frustrating. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I don't know if you can see it. I'm just <laughs> playing pinball in the air here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Obviously, you're running. Uh, you mentioned conventions, and you you're now running Edgelet. I mean, do you go to many conventions? You mentioned the Crime Convention just last weekend. Yeah, I went to Capital Crime last weekend, which was in Battersea Park. It was really good. Lots of um, great crime authors there. I go to Fantasy Con quite a lot. Um, Did you make it to? Was it weekend before last? Was that Fantasy Con, or was it before? That was the one in Heathrow, wasn't it? No, yeah. The last, the last convention I went to was. The one that um, Paul Kane and Marie did in um, Scarborough. Oh yeah. Was that, when was that? Was that earlier this year? No. Oh, no Genuinely, no. have lost track of time. I made it to Fantasy Con last year when it's in Birmingham. Right. In that case, oh, it was what used to be StokerCon. I think oh, it's the right. one in Scarborough. Okay. How, how come? It, how come it was used to be StokerCon? Chillicon is it now maybe oh yeah okay yeah I go to so many that I just like well it's because though it, I go to see my friends basically because, yeah because my um I can't remember whether I told you already but my my way into horror and um this kind of genre was when we my husband and I moved to a little town called Bradford on Avon which is just outside of Bath yeah. and um, my dad had been helping us move in and we were sat having a pizza like the first night we'd moved in and um, we got I've seen any good films recently and uh, my dad said oh I saw I saw a film called um, The Awakening and I was like oh, that sounds good so I googled it and I was like oh it's written by the guy who wrote Ghostwatch which I remember very vividly watching when was it 93 yeah, yeah. It came out. Yeah, yeah vividly watching remember watching that with my dad and um him convincing me it was real even though he knew it wasn't because he's an asshole like that <laughs> but um, and then he let me stay up and watch the young ones afterwards though so I didn't have nightmares so that was <laughs> quite nice but um so we lived in we moved into this house and then the next day we are I think we were just like walking down the street and met our neighbors who is Steve Volk so it was nice. like the weirdest little coincidence that we'd had that conversation the night before and then lived next door to him and just got really, really friendly with him and his wife, Pat, because he's, they're a lovely, lovely couple. And um, Steve invited us to his 60th and oh, wow. it was like a kind of last supper, just this table with Steve in the middle and like Mark Morris and Tim Lebon, Gary McMahon, you know, all these people just kind of spreading out and, they're, as I say, they're all just such a lovely bunch that it just, you know, we would just go to events to hang out with them because it was so cool to get them all in one place. And so that's genuinely how I got into Edgley, I guess, because I was like, well, I live in Derby. I used to work. I worked at Waterstones for like 10 years. So 
four years in Derby and five years in Bath or something like that. And so it was um, just seemed to make sense. And OK. And I do I go to. <laughs> oh, God, I go to I'm, I'm really revealing too much about myself now. Uh, I go to, um, you know, the TV show Supernatural. Yes. Yep. I, I, I have been to several of those conventions. Oh, right. Well. Yeah, the, oh, I've got a friend that went to Razor uh, go down as yeah, well. Yeah, she's, I, I, we're Facebook friends. I don't think we've met in person, right. but I did see that she was at the one in Birmingham last weekend. Yeah, yeah I mean, for a TV show that finished several years ago, it's still going incredibly strong amongst the fans, which I find absolutely fascinating. It's it's an interesting fandom. They are quite... <laughs> quite intense <laughs> what um, nerds being intense lies i think the thing is that I, I i like the tv show i mean the tv show is great but um one of the actors in it has a band and i really like the band and the bands never play in the uk so the only time you ever get to see them is at conventions so i find myself going to more supernatural conventions than i would what's the band usually. called what's the band called <clears throat> they're called loud and swain they're, um, well. I think it's Matthew Modine character in, I can't remember what the film's called, but um, yeah, they're really good. Um, they're, they're kind of, they're very much my musical taste. They're very, you know, I like I like REM, I like Crowded House, I like stuff that's simple to listen to. It's got lovely yeah. melodies, nice lyrics, that kind of thing. So I just, um, yeah, I travel to those things more than I should do. Yeah. If you're yeah. to see a band. I'm going to admit something here, and that's probably going to shout at me again but i've never ever watched supernatural i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna um agree that i've i have never watched supernatural either uh, i mean i missed it when it was first aired at the time i mean and you've only got 15 years to catch up on <laughs> exactly that's it I, that's a massive time scene to start watching a tv series to be fair and it's like there's so much good stuff out there right now. I just don't have the time to dedicate what? to watching entirely new 15 season long. Well, it's all right, TV Pete. Thing. It's okay because we established last week <laughs> that all you need to do, uh, and uh, all all you need to do, uh, Holly, is and, and get this. This is this is how you cut down your TV time in half. And what what you do is you go to the last two episodes of a series and you watch those and that's it that's done and then you move on no, okay yeah well i would i would recommend not doing that with supernatural because the finale is terrible yeah. <laughs> pete pete we were talking about cobra kai last week and he's just like uh just just watch the last couple of episodes in the series and then move on i was like you what you do what you, you miss out <laughs> all the pointless character drama that was through dumb well, decisions you you and cuts through still to the like Efficiency go straight to the meat of the season <laughs> arc, which is the finale. Done, sorted. And I will admit, the choreography is fantastic. Oh, God. Yeah, still can't get my head around it, man. <laughs> At all. <laughs> it, just, it just boggles my brain. I'm a bad, bad, rude person. I know, I apologise for nothing. <laughs> if you're you'd probably have to watch the finale of every season, wouldn't you, rather than just go straight to the series finale. <laughs> Oh yeah, he, he, no would, he does. He, he does each series like that's what oh, he said. Oh, right. Okay, so it's yeah. each series he goes to last. So. That's not quite as bad. Yeah, he cuts out <laughs> time. the only thing I, the only time I would sort of maybe do that is like when what The Walking Dead just got got so formulaic and boring towards you know. I don't even. I don't even know. Has it, is it even ending? Has it even ended? No, I don't know. Uh, I give up basically just 
I, I'd given up the series before Carl died, basically. And I was just like, uh, at that point in time, I was literally just watching the first episode, the middle episode for the season, the sort of mid-season finale, and then the last episode, because I was just like, I am just done with all this sort of nonsense they have going on and I don't care about. And so, uh, it yeah. sounds like the kind of approach you could take to something like Lost. Just uh, just skip to the end. The first <laughs> yeah, season Lost. was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. And then it was the law of diminishing returns from that point on. I got the first... I think we watched it for the first two seasons because I think in the, the halls we had, we I had Sky or something, we, we could watch it. Or no, was it on Channel 4 and then it moved to Sky? I can't remember exactly what happened. Um, but yeah. anyway, we, we were, I think it moved from Channel 4 to Sky, Sky 1, I think. And uh, we didn't have Sky, so we stopped watching it. Um, but my mom and my brother and sister went back in the room now and still had it. Uh, and so they were watching it. And I, I just got the impression that, yeah, it, it, it just didn't, it didn't age very well. It was sort of kind of as it, as it went on, it just got a bit more sort of, you know. Yeah. They just kept tra- kept trying to cram in more and more mystery without kind of coming up with a cohesive story. And then Ken, we'd all been saying, well, could it be this? I mean, I assume you both watched the ending of Lost. I, I I've not seen it, but I know done. what happens. Yeah. Okay, well, we're good. Well, basically, everyone could go, it's this, isn't it? And the writer's going, no, it's not that. And it's, he gets to the end of Lost, he goes, it was this. It yeah. was. We called it six, five years ago, and despite them saying, no, it's not this, it was. Yeah. was like, what was the one, was it Pretty Little Liars or something, where the audience just guessed what happened, so they had to rewrite it? <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. It's just... I mean, what are you watching at the moment anyway, Holly? Um, Very little, to be honest. Uh, I've just life at the moment is work Fancy. food sleep yeah but um i watch a lot of stuff on. i watch um i love quiz shows so i've been watching only connect i've been catching up on that um <laughs> waiting to watch uh ghosts my my husband won't let me watch it without him you know the one from the horrible histories oh yeah cast so good so funny so warm so sweet and a bit creepy which is nice <laughs> um i trying to think what else have i been looking for taskmaster Oh, Taskmaster's good. Okay. So, so nothing, nothing that takes a lot of watching, really. Just right. kind of light fluff. Um, I don't think I've, yeah, I've not actively watched a TV series probably since Supernatural finished. Oh wow! wow. So you're not on the Game of Thrones <laughs> wagon or anything like that? Then? No, uh, no. I mean, I want to watch Game of Thrones, but I'm such a huge Pedro Pascal fan that I don't think I can get through his episodes <laughs> so i know what happens not watching it <laughs> yeah yeah have you not yeah, read I mean, have you read the books yeah, i suppose you haven't read the books i right? haven't no uh, um it was one of those things like they were they were everywhere when i was working at waterstones and always kind of in my periphery but just one of those things where i thought oh, i'll get around to reading them i'll get around to reading them and then just yeah. never did yeah a part of me because i you know i love them right? i read them all but um and I read them all before the series sort of uh, sort of came out. Um, but because he hasn't finished it yet, it's sort of like... He's just, never going to finish li- them, li- living, it's, it's, Yeah, well, it's just leaving a very bitter taste in my mouth because it's just like, he's technically got two... Well, you've got The Winds of Winter, uh, Ace... Um, 
uh, a dream of a dream of spring and a song of summer. I think there's sort of technically meant to be three books. Come, and it's just like they, it was what two thousand and eleven. I think was the Dance for Dragons. Um, and so yeah, so you're like eleven years in between each book, and it's just like dude's going to be dead before he finishes these and it's just going to be so I think, annoying i think that's another reason i don't watch a lot of tv because i don't like waiting for next installment so i wait until a, se- a series is finished and then watch it just like marathon it yeah well it's, that's the thing is like so uh my boss is uh is really good at sort of getting me into sort of kind of books and things like that so um but he's sort of got me into them after like a lot of so the joe abercrombie um mm. the first law uh, saga so that there's nine books and i i listen i say i i listen to the audiobooks and stuff because i can do other things and sort of kind of do it so i do a lot of the audiobooks and stuff so i went through like nine of those which were awesome it was good because i literally could move from one to the next to the next and carry on it was the same with uh the um is it dan pierce red rising the red rising um books and stuff again like there's there's one more to come out but um there were again it was just i was able to listen to the next one to the next one to the next one and stuff so i didn't have to wait around for oh what's happening in this one what's happening in this one and stuff so yeah i i understand that completely i do actually i do have to say i have watched stuff obviously i've watched all the star wars and marvel series okay we're gonna have to ask you i say all of them yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit behind on Star Wars. I haven't seen um, Obi-Wan or Andor yet, but I will Obi-Wan's okay. Obi-Wan's okay. I haven't seen Andor yet. I'm a, ma- I'm a like, I will I will fight anybody who doesn't agree that uh, Rogue One is the best Star Wars film that's ever been made. But uh, Empire. I, I was going to say Rogue One is surely the third best. No, it's it's <laughs> definitely the first. I even have, I wrote a, I wrote, and I did a video for it on, on our YouTube uh, saying uh, Rogue One uh better than better than empire and stuff and i love i love the empire strikes back i love it that's fighting even, talk yeah exactly but rogue <laughs> one is the best star wars film that has, has ever it's been it's a very made. good film matt we no. have to agree to disagree that you are wrong no no <laughs> no <laughs> what what do you think of the um marvel show so far because i mean i find them very interesting they've all been kind of very much different takes mm. on the mcu itself and i mean what's I thought I thought Moon Knight was astounding. I yeah, thought I really, really, really enjoyed that. Okay. I I think it was the best of them. Wow. I preferred it's Wonder Vision, <laughs> which a lot of people, you know, think is insane. But um, yeah, I thought Wonder Vision was great. I thought I really liked Hawkeye. I, I thought it yeah. was just yeah. sweet yeah. and warm and funny. And but I think Moon Knight was the one that really stood out for me. And um, yeah, he should have gotten a lot of awards for that yeah i really liked hawkeye because basically it was the mcu doing die hard at christmas (laughs) and but i mean i really liked the the falcon and winter soldier because it was essentially a political thriller yeah it was it was underrated definitely it seems to have just kind of gotten lost amongst everything else but it was um i thought um u.s agent or whatever he's going to be called is yeah, was a great, a kind of great villain, presumably come anti-hero if he's going to be in Thunderbolts. Or Thunderbolts. Something. Yeah, I can see that. Way. I mean, I like the way they kind of contrasted Captain America with U.S. Agent, 
but for the fact like uh, there's that scene in Captain America with with the soldier where um Steve Rogers kind of slams his shield down on Tony Stark and goes through the arc reactor. But we get that's very much the same shot mm. in Book of the Winter Soldier when he just cuts the guy's head off. And I thought it was just a wonderful, like, you know, an image that is, is worth a thousand words. Yeah. yeah. And that spoke you so much about his character. No, definitely. It's um What are you thinking about yeah, She Hulk? I haven't seen She Hulk yet. I've I've it's just fun. It's fun. I've been away quite a lot recently, so I just need a few days at home to catch up on everything. But it looks, I mean, it looks terrible, but in a good way. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's, <laughs> it is. It's sort of kind of got this sort of old school, I don't know, late 90s, 2000s sort of kind I of feeling. Style yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of, uh, yeah. and I, you know, I don't think it's as bad as people are sort of making out to be and stuff. I think, from what I understand, it ties in with the comics quite well as well and stuff. So, you know, I don't. It's know. very fun. It's very light, but it does take itself seriously. And there's wonderful moments where it kind of breaks the fourth wall, and um, this talk directly to the to the viewers. And you know, it's very like you no know, female centric, female empowerment. And there's a fantastic line in the first episode where Bruce Banner um, goes. Um, you know, like the, the the triggers are like you no know, um, fear, uh, fear and anger. And the movie taught is like that's a baseline for all women everywhere. And it's like that's you know, encapsulating the series in a piece of dialogue. That's yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Now I saw somebody um cop- somebody post that on Facebook, and I just yeah, that's a that's a great line. Yeah, yeah I mean, and like I mean, like, like with all the shows, I enjoy the writing. There's some really great writers there that come in with some stellar um dialogue and just well it's stories really well we got uh deadpool and deadpool 3 with uh wolverine. <laughs> with wolverine and stuff yeah so Very excited <laughs> yeah so that's like that's been a long time coming and i'll be interested where they go from it where they go with it and stuff because i mean it's it's technically bringing deadpool and wolverine to the mcu isn't it it's it's their first is it definitely going to be mcu film? well apparently it, it is because he mentioned it being the mcu and i think they're tie they're going to try and tie him into the mcu so yeah that'll be interesting like why they haven't already i don't understand because you know he's such well, a rights well the thing is they they've obviously seen i reckon they will because they've seen how well sony have done with spider-man in uh the mcu and stuff so it's like well if we sort of kind of get a bit of that cash kai let's let's do I that think as well. disney disney own fox now don't they so yes, they, do. they can yep. probably do whatever they want with it yeah that's true yeah yeah, well, there you go. That's probably why. So, yeah, they can... Uh... I hope it's not too, like, dumbed down, too um, sanitised, though. I think oh, yeah, it needs to be... Deadpool needs to be Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. definitely, 100%. I, I could very much see the Deadpool actor whose name escaped me. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds was literally walking away if they did not let him yeah. be himself, really. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen Detective Pikachu, it's essentially yeah, like it's, Deadpool as Pikachu. Yeah, it's. I've seen clips of it. Yeah, yeah I've actually watched. It's it. actually good fun. I'm not a massive. I'm not a massive Pokemon sort of guy, but I actually quite enjoyed that film. It was quite good. It was really funny. Yeah, yeah, quite good. Um, but yeah, I've been watching the um, on Disney Plus the the Wrexham. Welcome to Wrexham. Mm. His football, and I I'm not a sports guy whatsoever, but it's quite. 
it's actually a very good documentary and stuff. It's just that how obviously they bought the football team and uh, I saw all that stuff on TikTok as it was going along. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting to watch to see the, the, the sort of kind of trials and tribulations that they have sort of running a football team. My friend said it was like a real-life Ted Lasso. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that's a, that's a stamp of approval for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and again, I'm not I'm not a sporty type guy. I go sports. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy them. Um, so, yeah. Right. Um... Got about an hour and ten. So I think we're going to mosey on to our final section, uh, which is our pop quiz section. Um, As Pete sort of alluded to at the start, um, we have sort of this thing we do now where we uh, name a franchise and then you have 60 seconds to try and guess the character from that franchise. Don't do a Pete and be super obscure and nobody can get it because it just doesn't, it's no fun because people are just going, uh, uh. So <laughs> you need to think of one. So you need to tell us a franchise and then we will guess who the character is. Uh, and then we will do one for yourselves, uh, for for everyone as well. So we'll, we'll start with Pete because he's an old hand at this. Nothing too obscure, please, Pete. And I will get my stop, I will get my stopwatch out. And uh, we will uh, we'll do this. So, stopwatch. Okay. So, what is it, Pete? What are we going for? MCU. MCU. Okay. So, Marvel. Sixty seconds. Go. Uh, do they have their own film? No. Uh, do they have their own TV series? No. Uh, are they a villain? No. Are they a good guy? Yes. Are they in a film? Yes. Are they in a TV series? Yes. Are they a sidekick? Yes. Are they... Are they in... uh, It's not Brody, is it? It's not Brody, is it? Nope. Um, Are they... Are they in the Iron Man films? Yes. Oh, it's not Coulson, is it? Is it Coulson from Agents? Nope. Oh, fuck. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. So in Iron Man films, sidekick. Um, What's the little kid in Iron Man three? What's he nope. called? Um, uh, oh, I'm happy. Is it happy? Nope. Okay. Okay. Right. Sixty seconds is done. One more question each, and then we'll have a guess. Okay. So we've got in the films and in a series, his. In the Iron Man films. Oh. So let's see what series links in with the Iron Man films. Um, oh God, I can't think of his films, the series of the, in the Iron Man films. Um, I can think of I can think of characters in Iron Man, but I can't think of like Pepper's not in any TV series, is she? Nope. Okay, are they in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes. Is it? And they're not a bad guy, so it can't be. Um, uh, what's his name? Okay. Sidekick. And they're in the. They're in the. They're in the Iron Man films. They're in the. So it's going to be Civil War. Yep. So that's going to be from Civil War because that's where the tie-in is. So. I mean, is it? Is it Falcon? <laughs> nope. 
God, I don't but know. You're what. close. I... Well, oh, are we? Are we? Are we um, redeeming Bucky Barnes of all? Of all sins. Bucky. He's, he's not. He's not a villain anymore. No. What? What is it then? Get, get, get... Colonel, Colonel James Rudd. Uh... Yeah. War Machine. Because he appeared Rody. in Falcon the Woods. Damn you, Rhodey. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten he was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's, it's, it's like that cameo, isn't it? scene yeah. meets um, the Falcon, but yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. That's... Oh, really? I, did I not say Brody? Yeah. Um, his name's Rhodes. Not... You call him Brody. Oh, yeah, Brody. Well, Brody. I thought you meant the guy from, like... Jaws. Who was I thinking of Brody? I don't know where I've got Brody from. Is there, is I have there... no idea. We didn't know Brody. Yeah, I was, think, I was thinking... That would be why we were both smiling and nodding, going, who's he talking about? Yeah, I don't... Oh, God. <laughs> That's the character I was thinking of, but I don't even know where I got Brody from. <laughs> Where's Brody? Where have I got that from? I have no idea. <laughs> Rhodes. You oh, get names wrong a lot. Yeah, oh, God. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. In I my mind, I was that like, and I didn't even think of Brody. So, <laughs> Brody, oh god, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. Too much mall, too many mall, too much mall rats. Too much, uh, yeah. Anyway, okay, so uh, that's that one. Okay, um, I will go then. I'm going to go for. So you like your Star Wars, do you? Let's do Star Wars then, shall we? Uh, let, me, let me just think. Let me just think of a character uh, quickly. Um, I'm going to go for. Um, that's gonna be. It's gonna be an easy one. But no, no, I've got to, it's got to be a slightly less. Um, Obvious. I'm gonna go for. Uh, we had him last time, so I can't go there. Um, and well, I've had him as well. Oh god. Um. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I've got one. All right. So, Star Wars. Sixty seconds. Go. Original trilogy? Uh, yes. Are there in the, any TV series? No. Okay. Are there in A New Hope? Uh, n- no. Empire are they Strikes- a villain? They are in Empire Strikes Back, yes. Are they, are they a hero? They are not a hero. Are they in Return of the Jedi? I don't think so, no. Okay. Are they Imperial? They are Imperial, yes. Okay. Are they a Sith? They are not a Sith. Okay. Um, are, are the, do they work in the Imperial Navy? No, they're not Imperial Navy. Is he a... A general. He is a general. Last question. I'm letting you. I'm just letting you roll with this one. <laughs> no, no. You go ahead. Last, no, so no, you got, you got one question. You got one question each, and then you can have a guess. That's it. I've just, I've just got complete brain farts. So, <laughs> does he pilot an attack? He does pilot an attack. Uh, 
I've interviewed him. Yeah. Interviewed Julian the Glover. Actor. Julian Glover is the. Thank you. Yes. Yes, that's him. What's the What's the character called? I have no clue. I thought I could draw him for you or something. <laughs> General <laughs> General Veers. Thank you. Oh yes. yes. Yeah. General yeah. Veers. Yeah. Okay. He's a lovely, lovely guy as well. Yeah, really, he was, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Okay. So um, one from you, Holly. Well, I was going to go obscure Star Wars, but you can go. go you can go obscure Star Wars um, as long as you don't go old school canon and stuff, because my knowledge of old school stuff is sort of ish. But if you go films, I I I, I think I could probably. Hmm. Or are you going? Or are you going for? If you're going for old Republic stuff, I know most of the Darths. So, if you're going for one of the Darths, like Darth Raven or Darth Bean or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's make it easy. Yes, I'm going obscure Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. Obscure Star Wars. Well, I think you'll probably guess it quite quickly. Okay. We'll see. Um, 60 seconds starting now. Uh, okay, so are we talking... Is there a film? No. They're not in the films. Is it computer games? Yes. Okay. Um, is it in the Knights of the Old Republic? Yes. Uh, is it Darth Raven? <laughs> no. That would be a little bit too obvious. <laughs> are they part of the core group in Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah. Are they human? Or yes. Oh God! Garth and Nassi. Yes, Garth. Uh, <laughs> Thirty <laughs> seconds. There you go. My uh, my space boyfriend. <laughs> Your space boyfriend. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. He was uh, just the first person I could think of after talking about <laughs> old public earlier. Um, uh, was I like the I like the assassin droid. He was a, such a fun character. So funny. Just, oh, God, yes. The script they wrote for him, that they must have just been howling while they were writing it. <laughs> yeah, you can see they're having a lot of fun with that character. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Right, we will uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Edgelet, uh, when is it set for? Uh, July the 8th next Ju- year. Okay, cool. July the 8th of 2023. Uh, in the uh, what's the name of the place in in Quad on Quad. the Market Square in Derby, uh, we've got social channels. There's nothing on them at the moment because I haven't had anything to announce. But uh, um, <coughs> excuse me, updates will be going on social. You can get tickets from Quad now if you're already interested in the names I've given you as guests. Then brilliant, brilliant. Well, Thank tomorrow you. I'm going to go down to Quad and pick up my tickets. Fabulous. I will see you there. Not at Quad tomorrow. I mean next year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just going to wait outside. Here's your tickets. You know, this is a personal service right here. Okay. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. By all means, come back on uh, when you've got a bit more information. uh, Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. It's been a pleasure. Uh, For myself, I've been Matt Geary. Uh, With me has been Peter Ray Allison. Good night, everyone. And our guest, Holly Blades. Thank you and good night. Bye. Bye.